one. Welcome back, my friend, to the Nemos News Network, where we continue with your help to break the cycle of fake news. Now, this is a special report. I'm joined once again by my friend, Dr. Kirk Elliott of Sovereign Advisors, who's going to kind of share with us uh, as a PhD economist with his background and expertise, what he thinks is coming with a Biden presidency. We had two options and America was cheated out of the right one, I believe. But now we have to live with it. And I don't know what's going to happen. That's why I'm having Kirk come on to share with us. I do know we're going back into things like the Paris Climate Accord full bore, and that's going to cost a lot of money. So um, now that the socialists have taken power, you know, what do we expect, Kirk? And also, I missed it, but welcome back. Yeah, thank you. It's great to be back with you again. So, you know, you, you look at, at what's coming with Biden and, and the markets are starting to already tell us what, what's going to come. Like you look at the bond market, for example, uh, I think the yield went up on the 30-year bond almost a quarter of a point, you know, so and that's just within a week. So you equate that to like junk bonds, right? When, when a company is so terrible that they have to introduce a much higher yield to attract money, it's like, okay, the investors need a higher reward for the risk that they're taking. So uh, that yield starting to move up on the 30-year treasuries tells us what? It tells us that the, that the hedge funds, the, the international community is now looking at the U.S. Treasury of, of not so good. If the yields are having to start to go up, they're saying, all right, what's, what's Biden going to bring to the table? He's going to bring much higher taxation. He's already told us, you know, in personal income taxes, corporate taxes are going to go up. Payroll taxes are going to go up. Estate taxes are going to go up, like the death tax and so forth. Now, those are all congressionally approved taxes. Well, they control both, you know, the Senate and the House now. So expect higher taxes. But something now that doesn't even need congressional approval would be um, administrative rulings, like the EPA, for example, throwing, you know, when you've got AOC and the progressives basically in charge of the Democratic Party, not saying that AOC is in charge, but, but types like her are, which really want like new green deal and all this crazy stuff, which will hurt U.S. businesses. It will impact productivity, it will increase job losses. Um, they're probably going to bring higher minimum wage, which most people think, oh, that's gonna be great, right? Well, no, it's not good for business because they're not gonna be able to afford to hire people. And then like at Chick-fil-A and McDonald's and everything else, they're gonna have to raise the cost of their hamburgers and, and people are gonna say, what? what? What's up with this inflation? You know, this is, this is not good. Well, it's, because they raise the minimum wage, right? It's like they have to raise prices and, and lay people off. This is the kind of stuff that, that we can sort of um, expect domestically. Now, internationally, it, it gets even more significantly worse because you've got like Christine Lagarde, the European Central Bank. Sure. Um, yesterday, just yesterday, she said post-COVID now, they're going to have to have extreme, extreme loosening of, of credit and money. So what does that mean? That means print, 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 print. They're going to cause massive inflation. Okay, so, so here's what comes next. We have to start to, to connect these dots. She's going to do that. Create massive inflation in the European community. So just like what happened with the, with the yields on the U.S. Treasuries, right? the yield on, on, on um, European bonds is going to have to go up. 
So now let's say you're in Japan and you're in and you're wanting to invest in different countries' treasuries. Well, the European community just raised their rate. The United States is raising their rate. And so now you've got other countries that say, wait a second, that international money flow is now going to the countries that have a higher yield. We're going to raise ours. So it just goes around the globe. Everybody raises their rates until they're all at par again. Then it comes back to the United States. Ooh, now we, we need more of that money. Let's raise our rates. This is what we hear, um, currency wars. That's what that is. It's competitive devaluations to try to attract more foreign capital. So as you have all these inflationary pressures, because um, how, how do I put it easily? So when, when governments here, when governments raise taxes, they, they do that to raise revenues, right? That works if there's a lot of disposable and discretionary income in, in people's pocketbooks, because yeah. it doesn't matter, right? It's like, okay, taxes went up. We still have a bunch of money in our wallet. We want this stuff, so we'll keep on spending, and then government revenues go up. However, when people are living at the margin, which most of the world is living at the margin, you raise taxes, it's the equivalent of stealing money out of your pocketbook. And when they're living at the margin, they're going to curtail their spending habits, right? So I I would argue it's always the equivalent of stealing out of your pocket. It it is. But, But when people have nothing left over, it's like now they're going to have to change their consumption habits. This trick so doesn't work anymore. Yeah. No. So then it, it go. It, it's like you hit critical mass, right? So then government revenues actually come down, and it's not working. And Biden is Biden and, and Yellen are going to say, oh, "This this isn't working. Now, government revenues are coming down." So then, what's Plan B? Plan B is actually Plan A because Janet Yellen already said it. It's like we've got to inflate or die. Right. I will drop money from helicopters if I need to, to stimulate the economy. And she said that, um, what, what's the, day? she said that on the 21st, she testified before the Senate and she gave this like a hundred and something page testimony. And in it, she said one key thing that I took from all of that. And that is that the key provisions that Trump had put into the CARES Act that married the, the Treasury and the Fed, and you and I have talked about this before, the, the COVID response, the second bill actually eliminated that, right? However, she actually took it one step further and said, we will not go back to Trump era policies. We're going to go back to business as usual um, with stimulus and just printing money and, and, and buying U.S. Treasuries because all of those provisions that were put in there, they don't want anything to do with it because that's what Trump did, even though it worked. So here, you asked me what what I'm expecting from a Biden presidency. I'm expecting massive inflation. I'm expecting yields on bonds to go up, which is going to impact, well, it's going to kill the bond market. It's going to uh, really stagnate the stock market because people are living at the margin. And when you raise taxes and you have higher prices, yeah. So you're, you're lowering people's income, then you have higher prices. The, the economic term for that is like stagflation, right? That's what we had in the late 70s. And, and what caused, what came from that? Interest rates of 18% in the early 80s. 18% on, on a 30-year bond or, or a 30-year mortgage, right? So, so expect Dustin to have massive inflation, which, which are accompanied by much higher interest rates. Um, <laughs> which what goes with that? How can we how can we counterbalance that? Because we can. You know, I don't want people to say, oh my word, Biden's in. 
There's nothing that's going to be that we can do that's good. The stock market's going to get killed. The bond market's going to get killed, which is going to impact real estate. And there's going to be global tensions. And I don't know if we're ever going to fix this race war in America now because um, it's gotten so bad and it's going to probably feel like apartheid in South Africa, right? Where it's just this race war that goes on for decades. That's what it feels like to me. I don't know if that's going to end anytime real soon. So there's conflict, conflict, conflict. And then what goes up during that gold? Seriously, I hate to be a one trick pony, but, but for right now, during the times that we're living in, the only thing that makes sense to me is gold and silver dust. And it's like, not that it's going to be the best thing forever. Nothing is the best thing forever. But for right now to get through this transition, I would recommend people gobble up more gold than what they actually feel comfortable with, because I think it's the only thing that's going to get them through. You know, I agree. I'm even a little bit more gung-ho about it than you are. You, you, you allow for a time when bonds and stocks could be a good option. I, I have no faith in the system at all. So I, I, I'm anything that is part of it or has counterparty risk, I don't trust. Yeah. So, okay. You just said counterparty risk. I ha- it reminded me of something that I read um, two, I think it was two weeks ago. So the, this never really made the news, but for since the beginning of the Federal Reserve, right? So like the last hundred years, central banks around the globe have been saying poo-poo on gold. They hate it because when, when gold prices went up, they would suppress the price. They would knock it down. They would say, because anybody going into gold was an attack against their fiat-based currency, right? Well, something happened. Um, and I think I figured out why. So a couple of weeks ago, the Bundesbank, the German central bank started saying, hey, everybody, buy gold. Germans, you need to buy gold. It's the most stable investment in the world. Wow, that's big. And the Dutch, the Dutch central bank went one step further and they said, hey, everybody, buy gold. Um, the, the, it, it's stable. It's safe. And then you go to the IMF, right? The IMF, they're not, they're not, I mean, they said even more robustly, gold is the only investment or asset in the world that has no counterparty risk. None. What did they just say? It's, it's stable and it's the, the least risky asset in the world. That's what the IMF said. So I'm, I got to think it's like, okay, the IMF, they're the ones behind the great reset, right? They want control. They want dominion over everything, right? Why would they start saying gold is amazing when for the last hundred years they didn't? Well, I've got two logical answers. Number one is they know what's coming. They know that their time is done. There is a monetary transition happening and they want to be out there in the front telling people, we told you that gold was going to be good because we're going into a gold backed currency. You know, whether they want it or not, they don't want to be left with egg on their face and people losing credibility because they didn't tell people what was coming. Right. So that's one answer. Number two is, especially in Europe, the central banks have a lot of gold on the books as assets in their central banks. So the higher the price of, they're in so much debt now because of COVID. So the higher the price of gold goes, now they can use that as an asset base to to loan out against their other assets. So it helps their balance sheet. So either way you look at it, central banks now are looking to gold as a solid answer moving forward. A, because they probably need the price to go higher, but B, they understand what's coming and they want to let people know so, so they don't look like 
we're hiding it. You know, in this populist world that we're in, accountability, transparency, um, they want people to try to believe in them so they'll believe in their next system. You yeah. Know, I, so, so anyways, I, I think that's what's starting to happen. No matter how you look at it, I think gold is going to go through the roof. I think most banks throughout history have proven they cannot be trusted, but they need trust in order to function because in, in an unstable monetary environment where people are sticking gold and silver in the grounds or uh, under the pillow or something like that, uh, like the tooth fairy, uh, they're not going to have the same kind of uh, power to manipulate uh, trade and ongoing um, you know, life for everyone the way that they do now. People would just bail out. And I, we're pretty close to bank runs, I think, at this point. Uh, most of the country is aware of just how unstable things are. Very, very much so. And so is the Fed. I mean, the Federal Reserve, can't remember if it was on your show or not, where, where I talked about the... Uh, the 98 page document that the Fed gave were 15, um, 15 major um, multinational banks that had to put together an orderly resolution and, and submit it to the US bankruptcy court. It's like, and, and HSBC was on there, Toronto Dominion Bank was on there, Citibank was on there. So the Fed is saying, hey, these big banks, they're, there's, they're not really passing stress tests. Um, they're on the verge of bankruptcy. So therefore, we want an orderly resolution. What are you all going to do when this happens? And we want you to submit that to the U.S. Bankruptcy Court. You can go to the federalreserve.com or gov, whatever their website is, and just look at their memos. It's on there. It's in plain sight. They're not even hiding it. 15 major international banks that, that are basically on the verge of bankruptcy because they have to fulfill this requirement for an orderly resolution and submit it to the U.S. Bankruptcy Court. It's like, these aren't small mom and pops. These are some of the largest banks in the world. Um, so there's something, there's something coming. Agreed. Um, and, and what people can do, again, a one-trick pony or two-trick pony, gold and silver. And you can get it from a lot of places. You can even get it down the street maybe. But I found that the prices and the transparency and, and the advice also just about the marketplace and the knowledge that comes with going to Dr. Kirk Elliott's firm, and you can reach it at nemosnewsnetwork.com slash gold. It'll take you straight to Sovereign Advisors website. And uh, that's a good place to buy gold and silver from. Um, I, I used to go a couple of other places when I bought silver. I don't buy gold usually, but um, you know, I, I found that uh, you've got great rates. And I really appreciate how you kind of hold people's hands who really don't know what they're doing with gold and silver. Um, now, that's kind of the plug part of what we're doing here. But, you know, to be realistic and all kidding aside, it is the right place to be. Gold and silver is, as you said, the only place that has no counterparty risk. So wherever you get it, get it now while you still can, while it's still legal. Who knows what's coming? Um, and I don't know about you guys, but I have a little silver and I'm going to bury it somewhere. I think that I think that's good. And, and really, as an advisor right now, I believe in over allocating into the positive trend rather than just having all kinds of diversified stuff that might be diversified into a bunch of different titanics. Right. So yeah. but to do that, you have to blend uh, the economic world. You have to blend the political world because economics and politics all go together to give us the financial trends that we're living in. And that affects the social dynamics of the world we're living in. So it's not just to look at a chart and say, okay, this trend line looks good. It's not overbought, it's not oversold. So let's allocate into it. It's much more than that. So that's why I feel confident 
when I tell people, don't be diversified so much, over allocate into the positive trend. And, and I don't know how long it's gonna be, maybe it's six months, maybe it's a year, maybe it's three years, who even knows? All that we know is if Dustin, if we wanna maximize the future, well, how do you do that? Well, you have to maximize today. Then tomorrow when you wake up, you maximize tomorrow. Then two days from now, you maximize that day. If you can maximize every single day, then you'll have a maximized future. So how do you do that? You just have to over allocate into the trend that's in front of you that day. Yeah. Make sure that that um, you're not too emotionally attached then to that investment because at some point you are going to liquidate it and get rid of it or else it becomes a collectible. You know, if you're not willing to sell it, it's a collectible. Look at everything as a tool, a tool to protect and preserve against stupid government policy that none of us can control. And, and that's how you can be get into safe ground and move forward safely. Well, you know, you, you're mentioning something I want to kind of add to that. And that's that diversification may not be your friend here. And that's it, completely the opposite of what everyone hears their entire life. Diversify, diversify. And I want to remind people that Warren Buffett, of all people who recently went kind of pro gold and silver, even though he used to be uh, kind of an anti, uh, he... Uh, reminded people, uh, sorry, distracted me. He actually uh, advised people not to diversify. He told people to get really good at one thing and master it and and play that area. And uh, I always thought that was really good advice. And now better than any other time in probably modern times, if not human history, it's a good time to, to get into gold and silver. Right, 100%, it is so good. And not every time in history is, but right now it is. Sure. All right, folks. Um, Dr. Kirk, I appreciate your time. Um, is there anything that we need to cover before we close out? No, um, I don't think so. We covered a lot of ground pretty swiftly. I mean, the, the big points of where we're, I mean, uh, there's all kinds of stuff we can talk about it. We'll just save it till the next show. Um, we're going to come on again next week or something, because I'm sure the world is going to look even more significantly different than it does today in a week. So, so, uh, but yeah, just, if you don't have gold, gobble it up. Give me a call. I'm sure, Dustin, you have links on on your site um, on this show where they can get in touch with me. I, I mean, I'd love to help people out. Yeah, it's nemosnewsnetwork.com slash gold. And, you know, it's a scary time right now, but communism is here. And that comes with some very predictable outcomes. Um, they're going to tank the economy. They're going to make it hard to get a job. They're going to cause inflation. They're going to print their way out of everything. And we're going to pay for it. And there's ways to avoid that. Uh, gold and silver is going to be your biggest inflation-proof sort of uh, hedge. And that's what we're trying to do is protect people's wealth. Uh, thank you all for this. I hope you enjoyed it, and we'll see you on the next one.